Uh, if you look at John chapter 4, if you look at the very first part of John chapter 4, we see the, the woman of the well. And you would think that's a miracle, but it is, but it's not a miracle. And the woman of the well came to the well. She was thirsty, and she met Jesus, and uh, she got the living water. But look at John chapter 4, looking to start in verse number 46 tonight. Tonight, like I said, we're in John chapter 4. If you notice that in the first part, I told you about the woman of the well. She found sustaining and satisfying water for her soul. That's a great thing. And she goes tells the whole village, come and see a man. And by the power of her testimony, she wins many to the Lord, and those Samaritans to the Lord. But here we're in the last part of chapter 4 of John. Uh, they call it the healing of the nobleman's son. But I like it, I, I, I try to look at it in different ways and try to, I'm not one to give messages the titles and everything, but I'm not one like that. Uh, but it's a miracle of faith. But I also like to show you the power of the unspoken, power of the spoken word of God. We see that in here. And I'm glad today we have the word of God. It's, it's still powerful. I'm glad today that we have the Word of God and it's alive. I'm glad today the Word of God is still the authority and the movement of my faith and it touches the spoken Word of God. And look out for something that's going to happen big when you, faith touches the spoken Word of God. Verse 46, it said, So Jesus came into the Canaan, the Galilee, where He made the watered wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now, they were at Cana, and his son was at Capernaum. That time, about that time, it was, it was the seventh hour when he was there. The distance from Canaan to Capernaum is about 16 miles. Depending on where they were at in Canaan, depending on where the nobleman's son was in Capernaum, it, it could have been up to 25 miles. And that day and time, that way, it took them about six to eight hours to walk that distance because they had terrain and all that stuff. So he, he had to get up early in the morning to go and find Jesus. And he walked this distance just to ask Jesus to heal his son. Verse 47, when he heard that Jesus was out, come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him. And that means to plead. It means to employ, to beseech you, to beg, to pull on somebody's heartstrings. And notice the condition that the Bible puts this man's son at the point of death. It's to come and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. This man had to get a hold of Jesus' heartstrings. The next time the uh, second ticked off the clock could have been his son's last. The next heartbeat could have been his son's last. The next breath could have been at his son's last. This, this man had a, a desperate plead in his heart that he wanted something to be done. He, it was desperate. It was an urgent scene that we are looking at. And every step and every second of this man's journey meant something to him, and not only to him, but also to his son. Everything counts on what he's doing. 
Verse 48, Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye shall not believe. In other words, if I don't do something great in your physical presence, you're like these others around here, sign seekers. You won't believe. Jesus is not wanting to shallow faith. Uh, he's wanting true faith tonight. That taps into the power of the spoken word of God. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, I come down ere my child died. This man said, if we leave right now, if you come with me right now, we've got a, about a six to eight hour walk back to my home. If you come with me right now, he surely will live. Jesus wants real faith. He wants genuine faith. Listen to me. He wants faith of who he is and faith of what he's more about what he's done. I'm glad for what Jesus has done, but my faith is anchored into what he has does and who he is and what he said. Verse 50, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son. Boy, can you just imagine the, can, get, get your heart strings on this. Can you imagine this man getting up early in the morning, treaching from all that way, that time, and the whole time in his mind, my son is at the point of death. He could be dead now. I don't know, but I got to get to Jesus. And finds Jesus and sees Jesus. He comes and, and beseeches him. Hey, I, I need you to go with me. My son is dying. I, I want you to go with me. And Jesus says, go thy way. Can you imagine what he was thinking? That ain't what I want to hear. I want to hear that you're going with me because I have a need in my life. It doesn't say that. He begs him, he pleads with him, Sir, Jesus said, go thy way. He is not delayed, he is not denied. He said, Jesus, you've got to come in the flesh. You've got to be inside my house in order for him to be healed. I have to admit to you tonight, the touch of Jesus is awesome. Yeah. I'd have to admit to you tonight that the very physical presence of the Lord with us is even more awesome. But there's something in the text that is powerful, and that is the word of Jesus. People read the Bible and how Jesus calms a storm. Uh, he feeds the hunger. He raised the dead. That, that is then and this is now, really. They say Jesus is not here right now. He's not here in the flesh. He's not here among us tonight. He's not touching anyone tonight. Let me tell you, there is a force more powerful than you could realize that's loose in this room right here now. That is the, has the same authority and the same power as is in this text right here. You say, what is that? It is the Word of God. And you have it in your lap this evening. His presence is here because I feel Him. They asked, how do you know the Lord is among us? He is always with us. He lives inside of me every time I come. I bring Him. If you're born again, He's inside of you. You bring Him with you. He's here all the time. 
Well, Jesus, would you come? Would you come? The man has to be disappointed. He has to be really disappointed. Has come all this way, got up early in the morning, and made his way all the way through, the, and gets to Jesus and hears, go thy way. And as he turned, he hears something that changes his heart. <laughs> Thy son liveth. Jesus didn't go with him. Jesus didn't, didn't go to the house. Jesus didn't walk into the room. Jesus did not touch him. He just spoke it. Thy son liveth. It, it would be wonderful if we had Jesus here in a robe and sandals tonight where all of us can reach out and touch him and we can say something that is just as more powerful in our presence has the same authority and that is the word of God in your lap you have tonight. The problem with the modern day Christianity is they have to see it to believe it. I, I got to observe it with my own eye. I've got to see it. i got to see you do this thing before I even believe it. If you got to see it before it does it, you ain't gonna ever going to see it. i got to see it. I've I, I, I got to explain it. That's not real faith. This man didn't argue. He didn't beg him anymore. He didn't try to change Jesus' mind. He didn't say, well, uh, think about it a little while longer. And, but notice the Bible said in verse 50, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And he believed the word of God. Jesus was spoken to him, and he went his way. I read the rest of the chapter, and he does find that his son is alive and is well. And Jesus never went there. Jesus never had to travel there. But he got what he asked for, because when your faith touches the spoken word of God, look out, God is about to do something for you. And as he was going, now going, down his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that some great? <laughs> I mean, you heading home, you've got the word from Jesus, Thy son liveth. And I imagine he was going back down that road and he's got to thinking, I don't know about this. I mean, I've got faith, but I don't know about this. My, my, my son is at the point of death. I'm, I'm putting everything in what he said. He said, thy son liveth. And then he meets up with his servants. They come to him. He says, then he inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. 
Now, in Jewish time, the seventh hour is about one o'clock, and that's about the exact same time that this man ran into Jesus and was begging Jesus to come to his house. Uh, and he said, Thy son liveth. At that time, the spoken word went to his house. Jesus didn't have to go. I, I believe that you would agree with me. This is not just a miracle of healing of the nobleman's son, but it's a miracle of faith. And then in verse 53, So the father knew that it was the same hour in the, which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and him himself believed, in, listen, watch this, and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did and came out of Judea and took Galilee. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just thank you for each presence here. Lord, we just ask you to touch hearts, lift up, and encourage us. Help us to realize that your word is just as powerful as you standing here with us. For it's your word. And Father, we just praise you for that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you're here tonight born again, child of God, this is what happened. The saving faith touched the spoken word of God. For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call upon him if they had not heard? How can they believe on somebody they had not heard of? How can you hear and preach the word of God except they be sent? I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what day it was, what hour it was, what you was going through your mind. If you heard it, and your sins has been forgiven, and your past has been erased, it is because the day you heard the word of God, and you were a sinner, and Christ died for your sins, and you trusted Him, and that you believed in Him, your faith touched the spoken word of God. Salvation came into your life, and if God said it, that's enough. You can take it to the bank on that. I believe it. The miracle of the power of the spoken word of God. I, I wish I could stand here and tell you that it has been great faith that has sustained me. I wish I could stand here and tell you it was my great faith that kept me going through troubles. Now, I would be lying to you. I have been in some times. I've been in some dark times in my life. I have been places that I did not want to go. I have been in some uncertain times. I've been in some troubled times. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When I got in those times in my life, I, I had uncertainty in my life. I started to have doubt in my life. I, I didn't understand what was going on. And I just kind of looked at Jesus and said, Lord, why is this happening? I don't understand. I had doubt about it. It's not my faith. It's not my strength. But it's what Jesus said to me. And it's what Jesus gave me. It is his power. His strength. His faith. His That's what I'm leaning on. I know you have doubt sometimes. I know there's times in your life that you come around there's doubts been in your life. There's been some situations in your life you just kind of shook your head and said, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I begin to doubt why God has even come to my life. I have lived in the darkness. I have lived in the sunshine of life. But it was nothing that I did. It was all God.
Can I give you something to help you in those dark times that you have in your life? And they will come. They will come. Your faith seems to be far away. It seems like you cannot grab a hold of that faith. It's not even in your mind to think about God. I'm going to give you some good news. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to hold on to this, and I want you to grab a hold of this. When your faith seems to left you, when you just can't seem to pull yourself out, when everything looks bleak and it seems like everything crashing down on you, just like the four men that took the, the guy with palsy to see Jesus, when he, Jesus didn't look at him and saw his faith, he said, I saw their faith. Let me just tell you, when you get into the place in your life, you're down and out and you don't know if you can believe, just get on the phone, call somebody else, because let me tell you what, I've got enough faith. Uh, when I'm not going through that stuff, I've got enough faith that you can call on. I say, you can ride my faith coattail and help you get through what you're going through. Don't try to face something by yourself. Don't try to go something through something by yourself, because every one of us has got faith. Every one of us believe, uh, and we can come together and and we just go together with each other. Your faith is my faith. My faith is your faith. And our faith is in Him. Amen. Don't try to go through something by yourself. I, I find that we try to do everything on our own. Amen. I, I am one of those. Listen, I am one of those. I'm going to try on my own to get something done. And if I can't do it, I ain't going to tell nobody. I, 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 I don't want to tell anybody I can't do something. Although there is a lot of things I cannot do. Everybody says, well, you know how to work on cars? No, I stick the key, and if it doesn't start, I call somebody. I'm smart enough to know that. Amen? But I'm just saying, I, I'm one of those that likes to do everything on my own, and I don't want help. But I find over the years, <laughs> I'm having to start to lean on other people to help me, to sit, help me get through what I'm going through, help me to get through what I'm doing. I, I need other people in my life. We need each other, and I walk in this Christian world. We need to lean on each other. When you're going through heartaches, we all going through heartaches. When you're going through sorrows and troubles and times, we all going through that. Because we need to lean on each other. We need to have each other. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm going to start leaning more. But we need to lean on each other. We need to trust in each other. No matter what we're going through, that we can, we can have this. I'm telling you, we need to start being what God has called us, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Amen. I, 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 I've been through the dark time when they... I got told by three doctors, you got cancer. My mind just went out the window. God was nowhere in my mind. I wasn't thinking about God. I'm thinking about cancer. People were praying. They got anointed. They were praying about me and thinking about cancer. I, I didn't want to have to go face the surgery. I went face the surgery. Well, thank God it wasn't cancer. I'm laying in the hospital bed. Like, thank God. It's not cancer. I just got ripped open. That's all. Thank God. 
I know somebody prayed for that, that it would be all gone. I wouldn't have to go through surgery, but that prayer was still answered. And we was praying it wasn't cancer. And exactly, it was not cancer. It caused God reached down and caused people prayer. My faith left me, but other people's faith yeah. was still strong enough to see me and carry me through. Yeah, Amen. I'm telling you. Man. Let me give you three, let me give you three phrases. <laughs> Let me give you three quick phrases what unlocks this passage here. What unlocks it? First, first, first phrase that unlocks this passage is to Jesus. This nobleman has a need. He, he, he's, a, he's affliction. He, he's desperate. He, he, it pushes him to Jesus. He is introduced in our text as a nobleman. That means he's kin to a king or evidently is a rich nobleman because he has houses, because he has land, because he has servants. Now, who was the king in this text? Herod. And he was a vile, wicked, powerful, rich man. And here is a man that is either kin to him or in service of him and I read it one time, in one text, in one uh, commentary, he, he might have been a, uh, a seer or a visionary for him. He is part of the biggest and most powerful political system at that time in this day. He's connected to the greatest financial wealth of his day. And he's connected to the best religious system that has to be offered in this day. Here's a man that's got political connection. Here's a man that has a, got financial connection. And here's a man that has a religious connection. He could even have the king come to his house. He could have the most powerful businessman come to his house. He could have the rabbis all come to his house. The most expensive medical care could come to his house. But none of these worked. And I got to thinking about that. Here's a man that could just reach out and grab anything he wanted. But nothing seems to be working. His son is not getting better. He's got all these medical people coming in looking at his son. And he's not getting better. He's not getting good. He's got these priests coming in praying for him. And he's still not getting better. He's getting worse and worse. Where did he hear about Jesus? Nowhere in the text says, well, he heard from here. But I'm quite sure somewhere along the line, somebody had told him what they saw Jesus did or what they heard what Jesus done. And he's done exhausted all his avenues, everything he knows to do, everything he knows what to do, is exhausted. He says, I've got to reach out to that man. I heard he was doing this. I heard he was doing that. And, you know, and this man here, if he seeks Jesus, he's an outcast. If he's looking for Jesus, they're through with him. He's burning his bridges. He cannot go back to him because they don't like Jesus. They don't want Jesus. And here is a man says, my son is at the point of death. I've got to do something. I am desperate. I'm in need. And says, I'll seek Jesus out. I'll forget about the finance. I'll forget about the position. I'll forget about the land. I need my son to be healed. And if these people that can't do it, Jesus can. To Jesus. What pushes you to Jesus? Your need? You get in a desperate pos uh, position? 
It seems like things are caving in on top of you. Let me say this. If it's not pushing you to Jesus, where is it pushing you to? Amen. I'm just saying this. This man could have just said, you know what? I, I got the best of everything. I've had the best of everything come in and check. There's no hope. There's no hope for my son. But somehow, he heard about Jesus. He says, I'm going to go that way. Something is pushing me to Jesus. Something is my need, my desperation is pushing me to Jesus. Let me just say this. How many of you have been in a position where your desperation, you've done exhausted every avenue you could, and you just say, Lord, I, I've got to get to Jesus. Here's this man he did. Everything in his life was pushing him towards Jesus. His son, sickness was pushing him towards Jesus. From Jesus. His faith prompted a miracle from Jesus. Mm. Mm. His faith. Y'all ain't getting there. His faith prompted a miracle from Jesus. Amen. And to show you the power of his faith, he comes to him. Sir, I beg you. I beseech you. If you will come, my boy will live. And Jesus said, go thy way. Thy son liveth. And his faith is so simple and yet so strong. He said, okay. If I got to go to get it, then I'm going to go. He, he said, if, if my faith is strong enough, if I got to go, if I'm obeying, if my obeying is going to open up the doors to my miracle, then I will obey. Then I will obey. If simple obedience and faith opens the door for my miracle, then I will obey. I will believe. He did not ask for an explanation. He did not ask for a demonstration. He just went on belief. And he had faith. Obedience and faith, listen to me. Obedience and faith did more than arguing would have done for him. He could have stood there and argued with him. No, 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 I need you to come with me. I need you to come with me. But by the simple act of faith, by him, Jesus saying, go thy way, thy son liveth. By the simple act, he said, I will obey and go and believe. That simple faith unlocked that miracle in that man's life and his son was touched and the fever left him. Here's a boy that is a point of death. Every minute counts. The nobleman wants to be, want it done his way. It's, got our way. it's always got to be our way, don't it? Even when we're dealing with Jesus, you know what, Lord? I want this done this way. I'm the only one that does that. Come on now. I ain't the only one that does that. I think a lot of us in here say, Lord, I want this done, and this is how. We try to explain to Jesus how we want it done. And that's exactly what he said. Lord, if you don't come to my house, if you don't lay your hand on my son, he's going to die. Every minute counts. This could be his last tick on the clock. It could be his last beat of the heart, his last breath. If you don't hurry up, we've got a six to eight hour walk to get back to my house. Every minute's counting. 
We don't have the time to argue about this. Let's just get it done right now. Let's go. The power of the spoken word. Man, that's just, go thy way, thy son liveth. I know we want his presence. I know we want his touch. But we also have his powerful spoken word in our laps here. And his word is enough. Because when faith touches the spoken word of God, something is going to happen. His word has power over deficiency. His word has power over disease. His word has power over demons and devils. His word has power over death. He just spoke the word. Lazarus come forth. He didn't have to touch him. He didn't have to go in the tomb. He just spoke the word. And can I say his word is powerful in distance too? Because where they're at in Canaan, he spoke, thy son liveth all the way over yonder. <laughs> his son got touched. The power of the spoken word of God. The power. It, it, it's to Jesus. Something's got to push it to Jesus. And, and when you get there, you're going to get something from Jesus. I have never been to the altar that I didn't get something from God. I've always been the altar and said, Lord, uh, this is what I want. This is what i like to happen. But God said, hey, we're going to do it my way, and it's the best way. Your way ain't right. I'm going to do it my way. He, Jesus didn't say, hey, hold up. I'll be right with you. He says, hey, go thy way. Thy son liveth. Just the spoken word got the job done. He got something from Jesus. Can I tell you this? He went to Jesus, got something from Jesus. There's something going to get something for Jesus. Watch what the text says. What he says here. Watch what the text says. His faith, his faith produced miracles, produced fruit for Jesus. Because the Bible said, Jesus spoke to him, thy son living, and he, and he, and himself, he believed. And his whole house believed. Isn't that wonderful? The basics for a miracle is faith. The blessing of the miracle is fruit. Do you know why God saved you? Because he wants a fruit. You know why God is blessing you? Because he wants some fruit. You know why God saved you? You know why God saved you? He wants some fruit. God delivered you because he wants some fruit from you. Let me just say this. In first chapter, one man gets saved. Third chapter, one lady got saved and she went and told the city. The city got saved. Jesus fed 5,000 and they got saved. The disciples... Preached throughout the nation. And it changed the nation. But that, that's not where Jesus ends at. It's good when somebody gets saved. It's good when a city gets saved. It's good when a nation gets changed. Lord, we are living in a time that we need our nation changed if ever was one. But Jesus said, for God to love the world. 
God's wanting to make an impact in this world. God says, you know what, you are my ambassadors. You are the ones to reach out in this world, and nobody's going to see Jesus unless you present it to them. You cannot get them to come to church. You cannot drag them to come to church, but they got to see your life as Jesus lives inside of you. It's something that's different. It's something that radiates. And you got to be something that's on live and on fire for God. He wants to see fruit in your life. And just like I said, if a tree doesn't bear fruit, it's going to hew it down and cast it into the fire. You got fruit in your life, signs of fruit in your life. I'm just telling you, this man believed when Jesus said, Go thy way, thy son. He believed on him. He believed on him. Not only did he believe because his belief, his whole entire house believed. Now, here again, you should be able to carry this to your house and be an example for those in your house, those in your family, those in your community. They need to see that example of Jesus. Amen? And let me say this, and I'm finished. Never underestimate the spoken word of God. Never. God said it. That's enough. You can take your bank and believe on that. Amen. He, I love this. He said, I go to prepare a place. Wonderful. And if I go to prepare a place, he did. I'll come again. <laughs> I'll come again. That you can take that to the bank. He's coming back. You say, well, what about now? This world is in a mess. You're right. It is in a mess. It's not my job to clean up this mess. It's my job to let my light shine in this world to whoever I am in contact with right now. Let your light shine. Change people around you. And if it just starts changing people around you, we may get this city saved. We may get this state saved. Our country can turn around. Never underestimate the power of the spoken word of God.